Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, my friends out there in Radio Land. Welcome, welcome to Blog Talk Radio's Off the Shelf for this Saturday, the first Saturday in May. I, I tell you, this time just gets by. Happy May the 1st to everybody out there, and thank you for joining us here this morning. As I always say, I just love having you guys here with me on Off the Shelf. For our loyal listeners, I I love to recognize you guys every time because we're going into our 10th year. So to our loyal listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you, kudos, all that, all that to you for being with us, for going on 10 years. And I always tell folks, we have such wonderful guests on. Make sure you tell your family, your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, everybody you know to tune into Off the Shelf, 11 o'clock in the morning, Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. For those of you who are like, who is this lady talking? It's your first time coming across to Off the Shelf. Let me introduce myself. I'm your host, Denise Turney, coming to you live from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I encourage you, please don't let one more day go by before you pick up a copy of my new book, Love Pour Over Me. What are you going to get, yes? You're going to get mystery and romance, high chase scenes, intrigue, and friendships you will never, ever forget. So please go pick up a copy of Love Pour Over Me today. You can get it online or offline anywhere. Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Google Books, iTunes, eBook at Walmart, you name it. If you don't see it on the bookstore shelves, just ask the clerk for it. And they can order a copy for you. Ebook form, just three dollars. And now, let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. Our special guest today is Alicia Proctor, and Alicia is a blogger. She's a taste maker. We have to ask her what that is, and an author. And books she has written include "He's the Keeper of My Soul," "Jazz Java and Jesus." With Style and Amazing Grace, and Inspired to Move Forward, which is her new book. And Alicia is also the winner of Washington, D.C.'s National Chapter of the Black NBA Association 2007 Entrepreneur of the Year Award. She has a bachelor's degree in management and leadership and an MBA in marketing. This creative dynamo is online at aliciaproctor.com, and that's spelled A-L-E-Y-S-H-A-P-R-O-C-T-O-R.com. Again, A-L-E-Y-S-H-A-P-R-O-C-T-O-R.com. We're absolutely delighted to have Alicia here with us this morning. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Alicia. Well, thank you so much, Denise. I'm so honored to be here, so thank you so much for inviting me. We're happy to have you here with us, and congratulations on the D.C. Award. We see you're an author and an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to ask you, what line of business were you in when you won that award? 
That's a good question. Let me think. When I won that award, I was in um, network marketing, and I had also just released my second book. So I had uh, was Sound Amazing Grace, and I had He's the Keeper of My Soul. So I was an author, self-published author, and I was also in a, um, a network marketing company, which unfortunately is no longer in existence. But um, when I won that award, I had uh, led this, the consultants in the state of Maryland to being the number one state um, in sales and recruiting for 36 consecutive months. Wow. Please go ahead. <laughs> that is, that, and that's no easy thing because everybody's out here marketing, especially these days with the Internet. That's right. And so huge congratulations to you. You definitely know something. Now, I wanted to ask you, did you – did you? I know you said before we we went live on the air. You and I were talking briefly, and for our off the shelf listeners, you had said you you live in Maryland now. I wanted to ask you. You know, you won the war in D.C. Did you grow up in that Washington Maryland area? And what was like life for you growing up there as a child? I am actually a native of the Washington D.C. metro area, indeed. Um, I probably lived in D.C. maybe for the first couple years of my life, and then shortly thereafter my family moved just in the same metropolitan area of Prince George's County, Maryland, and pretty much that's where I've been um, in various parts of Prince George's County ever since then. Um, and it's an amazing place to grow up. Um, you're, of course, you're here with what's called, you know, the power seat, um, the federal government, the White House, the Congress is all right here in the Washington, D.C. area. And you have tons of politicians and lobbyists and, you know, every arm of the federal government is here. So it was pretty great, you know, um, when I was Were in you school, aware of that when you were a kid, though? Because, you know, as a child, we, we don't, we are not often aware of things that we become aware of as a, an adult. Right. Or, did that, like, impact you as a child? Well, of course, you know, in your history classes and civics classes, um, you know, your teachers would kind of point out, you know, this this branch of the government we're talking about, you know, it's right here in the area. It's, everything's downtown D.C. So, yeah, the teachers would point it out, but it didn't, you know, the light bulb didn't come on for me. So probably I was in um, school and I was in a program called the work-study program where you also got credit, school credit for working, and I had gotten my first job um, at the Library of Congress. And oh. I worked at the copyright. I worked in the copyright office for a while. And so it kind of all started to come together for me. You know, I was right there in the Capitol Hill area. Um, and, of course, you would hear about all these members of Congress. In addition to that, because I was in the copyright office, I was surrounded by literary and books and authors and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So it you know, throughout the years, you know, on my journey in life, things just started to come together for me. Wow. Now, now, you are you a member of Onyx Woman? I when doing doing my research, I see my on my. I have a note about Onyx Woman that Ola Jackson runs. Are you a member of that? I'm not a member of her organization, but um, I was in one of her publications not too long ago. Um, she had a issue, and I had Beverly, um, I think Beverly Jackson on the front. I can't remember her name. Her first okay. her last name, but I know it was Beverly, or they would call her Bev, and she had a TV show on BET and all that good stuff. Oh, she okay. Was, yeah, she was on the cover, and I was um, in that uh, particular magazine. I'm talking about um, just that uh, network marketing, um, leading consultants and managing teams and you know, um, again, getting that company to be a number one in the state of Maryland for 
36 consecutive months. So, wow. Yeah, well, thank you. So, yeah, I was featured in Onyx Woman magazine. Yeah, I love Ola. She, she's out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and she is she is really another woman. Her son, when her son was born with autism, she and her husband, they decided one of them would have to stay home and work from home. So she did, and she just lost her career. It's amazing what happens in our lives to direct us down different roads. And a lot of times this stuff, and we can talk about this further into the interview, we don't even know why this is happening, but it's literally guiding us <laughs> down another path. In another, can, can you t- that said, it kind of leads into the next question. But can you tell us about your transition? And I, and I'm not sure if you made a transition or if you just brought more over into your life from the business world to writing. Mm-hmm. Well, in this day and age, if you want to write books, you are you are going to have to have some sort of business savviness mm-hmm. um, because a lot of us are self-published, and it literary the literary world has changed so much that Ooh. even some of the authors that have these you know big contracts with the traditional yes. publishers are now looking to do some of their work self-published so that they can, you know, have more control over their own product as well as, you know, earn more of the profits. So it's really amazing. Um, so you, for to be an author, you definitely have to bring some business savviness to the table because you're going to be doing your own marketing. You know, you're going to be reaching out to people and trying to get, you know, speaking engagements and get, get people to, you know, purchase your books and talk about your books and create the buzz around it. So you definitely have to bring some sort of business savvy to the table. And if you don't have it, then, of course, you know, partner with um, a professional that does have it, you know, some people that do help with your marketing. Because um, if it's going, if anybody's going to learn about it, because so many books are published, you know, every day just about, if anybody's going to learn about your work, you're going to have to get it out there. And, again, you don't have that that. Um, Know how, then definitely partner with someone who does to help you out. Because you know your books aren't just going to, you know, sit on a shelf somewhere and you know all of a sudden everybody's going to know about them. You're going to have to put some effort and some marketing, <laughs> some elbow grease into the whole project. I like that you said that. That even if it's a great book, because I've come across some awesome stories, and I've I've wondered why didn't I hear about this book before? I mean, fabulous. And I sat there and wondered, why didn't I hear about this book? But like you said, it's not just writing a great story or an informative book or educational book or an inspiring book. You have to People have to know about it, and then they have to keep knowing about it or you so they can trust enough. Even if something is – this is also – this is something that goes, back, goes more into marketing, how people will say, well, I don't know, they don't have enough trust to spend $5 for something, but to go out and buy an $80,000 car. It, it it just amazes me when people say, "Oh, it, I can't I can't spend five dollars because I'm not sure, but I can spend eighty thousand and I'm not sure." <laughs> right. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's it. You know, people <sighs> definitely you know buy whatever you know tickles their fancy, but. You know, I think we have to, again, you know, bring in that marketing piece to the table. We have to tell people the benefits of, you know, buying right. our work. You know, it'll inspire you. It'll encourage you. You know, are you right. going through something? Because 99.9% of the people are going through something. Right. You know, it, it will help you. It will change your outlook. Hopefully it will change your way of thinking and, you know, just help you um, on this life, this this journey we call life. Mm-hmm. Now, what inspired you, Alicia, to sit down and write 
Inspired to Move Forward? Inspired to Move Forward is kind of a spinoff of my third book, which was entitled, which is entitled Jazz, Java, and Jesus, Christian Devotions to Soothe Your Soul. At that point, uh, when I wrote Jazz, Java, and Jesus, I was writing for an online Bible study group. And each of the submissions that I had written for them, I actually put in uh, my third book. So then shortly thereafter, I was asked to write um, a monthly blog for a faith-based online magazine. And so the entries that I had written for them, um, I put in Inspired to Move Forward. And I was inspired to put it in a book because so many of the people who were readers of that online magazine, you know, the testimonies were incredible about how much it helped them. And, you know, this is just what I needed to hear. And thank you for reminding me about this. You know, I was getting weary and tired, but thank you so much for reminding me. Mm. And, you know, Say stuff like you know, you know, I, I shouted and ran around my office after reading wow. this. You know, this is the my And so I knew that you know, obviously, I needed to be able to package it so that other people could read it too. Maybe some people who didn't even know about that online magazine, but here it is, you know, in a book in a book form, and you know, like you said, it's available in ebook as well as paperback, just to help people. So I'm inspired when people tell me that I have said something or written something that has inspired or helped or encouraged them. Do you do re- did you do research for the book or did you basic base base it what's in Inspired to Move Forward off of your personal life experience? Did you interview people? Did you do studies? Did you survey people, et cetera? How did you get the material for the book? The research, which I would say is part research and part of it is from my own experiences. Um, a lot of the, the what's not my own experience is biblically based. And mm-hmm. so I grew up in the church, in um, a Christian church, and so I used a lot of the experiences that a lot of our Bible characters have had, um, such as Job and David and, and, and Daniel and all those guys who really went through some hard times and at the end, we saw how God, you know, restored them, gave them double for their trouble, you know, gave them the kingdom, just gave them the victory. And a lot of times, it, you know, we in this modern day and age, we're going through some, you know, things that look like they're, you know, you just can't get over this mountain. You just can't get over this this hump. But they went through some things far worse than we did, and we can look at them as an example and see how they got the victory, and we can apply those principles in our lives today. Okay, okay. Now, how can faith, Alicia, how can it help us overcome what appear to be our toughest challenges? And do you have any personal experiences you share? Because it's, it's very easy to get up and say something that you've read over and over in the in the Bible or another book or you've heard somebody preach or a motivational speaker or just somebody say we're really parroting what other people say. And I think a lot of preaching is that, really parroting. But, do you know, it's when it comes down to what's happened in your own life. Not, not what happened to Abraham and the rest of them. What's happened in your life? How have you taken these tools? You keep telling people work, and what miracles have you created using those tools yourself? That's when I feel like a speaker has authority. So how has how can it help us? And do you have any experiences you can share where you've used it and you can say, "Nah, I'm not taking this from something I read. I'm telling you, this is what I've used and what I've gotten from it." 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how can it help us? It can help us because we are human beings just like every other person is a human being with our shortcomings, our setbacks, our emotions, and our feelings that we get hurt and damaged and ran over when things don't seem to go our way, you know, don't seem to go as we think that they should. But yet, People, you know, you have to keep believing and saying out of your own mouth because words are so incredibly powerful. Like everything that we see, it came out of the spoken word of God. So words are incredibly powerful and they have creative power. So whether you're saying good things or whether you're saying bad and negative things, you're going to have what you say. So we create our worlds and our environments with the words that we choose to speak out of our mouth. So. You have to definitely have faith because there's so much bad news going on, and, you know, you don't have to look far at all to get some bad news. It is always at your front door. You know, we're now on these 24-hour news cycles. You know, a lot of people are connected to social media, and people are sharing, you know, tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. And so faith has to be able to trust God even when we can't trace him, when we have no idea what he's doing, what he's up to, is he still hearing our prayers. We just have to believe that his word is true and it's going to come to pass in our own lives, no matter what we see on the outside. It's always like an inside job. If you will, happiness is an inside job. Faith is an inside job. Beauty is an inside job. So it's what's going on in that person. And, yes, I do. I actually, uh, I definitely share my own testimony in Inspired to Move Forward about how in 2010, right after I had bought my brand-new house, um, and the job market was very dismal, and the unemployment unemployment numbers were in the double digits. And eight days days after I closed on my house, I lost my job through no fault of my Oh, my goodness. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Through no oh, my goodness. And so I had to trust God, honey. Um, just like Ooh. everybody else, just like I tell people, I had to trust God. And I am here to tell you, you know, I used to ask the same thing I've just said. You have to use your words, you know, to your benefit and speak what God's words say. So I would be here in my house after I had finished. <laughs> You know, sending in 20 resumes for that one day, that one afternoon, and I would just speak out loud going through my house, you know, singing things like, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. You know, I know God is going to work this out for me. He keeps his promises to a thousand generations, and he's not going to stop, you know, with me. I know he's going to see me through. You know, I would tweet things about saying, you know, count it all joy, everything that you're going through, everything, not just the good stuff, but the bad stuff as well, because like you said earlier, a lot of the things that we think looks terrible or, you know, why did this happen to me, it is for our purpose and it helps to get us to our destiny, just like with Ola and her son being born with autism. She now, you know, she has purpose in that. And so, you know, it's all working together for our good. And I would quote that as well, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, not just, you know, the blessings are working together for our good, but the setbacks and the disappointments are working together for our good as well. So I had to go through that. I had to, <laughs> there would be times when I would go to job fairs, you know, and I would be because I'm a you know I've been a professional for a while, and I would be you know dressed in you know a very expensive suit, looking like I want a job, and I'd be standing in line with people with jeans and t-shirts on who look like oh let me just go and to the job fair yeah. to say that I just I'm looking for a job, you know, to make make it look like I'm trying 
So, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I get there, and a lot of times the, the people would say, well, we can't take your resume, just go to our website. Well, millions of people are going to your website. You right, know? right. So I, I went through, it was about six months of unemployment. Ooh, and I had oh, a, my goodness. Yeah, and I had a brand-new, shiny, good-sized mortgage. And oh, I am here to tell you, I had, I, did ne- I had never had a late payment. I never had a missed wow. payment. Every uh, utility bill was paid. I was at to- I was at peace during that time off, even though everything around me said this is nothing to be at peace about because right. there are over you know millions of people that are unemployed looking for work just like you, and you know there are just so few jobs and nobody's hired. I mean everything was terrible, but I right. used my faith, knowing that God was going to do just what He said, and I'm here to tell you He did just what He said. Wow, that's a praise report. Pray, oh, praise the Lord. That's a praise <laughs> Now, you must have made some smart financial decisions before you bought that house because if you went six months without a job, you had some money somewhere coming in, mm-hmm. or somebody must have been helping you. I mean, the mortgage doesn't just magically get paid. That's exactly so, right. It does not magically get paid, and unemployment uh, was about probably 15% of my income. So, right. you know, now I've gone from having a nice-sized income to collecting unemployment, mm-hmm. which is about 15% of what yeah. I used to make. So, yeah, so I was definitely saving some money, but mm-hmm. you know, it got to the point where, you know, am I ever going to find a job, you know? Yeah. The money is going to run out soon. Well, well what's going to happen next? And so, of course, you know, after I, w- I was frustrated and I was disappointed, yet at the same time I had inner peace. Um, and it was like, okay, so I can't go unemployed for another six months or another year. What is going to happen? And you would even right. hear people who had stopped looking for work because they had been unemployed so long. They just stopped right. looking. And right. I'm like, Jesus, we're going to have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and he did just that. He did just wow. that because when, when the bank account got down to about one mortgage payment left in the bank, that's when wow. the job offer started coming. Wow. Wow. You know what? And I have to, I can personally share that uh, when you're in, you're in situations where the external looks like you should really be anxious and flipping out. But mm-hmm. if you have that a connection, and, and I don't know if it's years of trusting, you will have that inner peace. Even when you look out yourself, You'll even question yourself, why am I so calm? I should be really freaking out right now. This is a bad, bad, jacked-up situation. Yes, <laughs> but that right. peace is, is there, and that, that I, I, and anybody can have that. But, yeah, and in faith, you know, it says the evidence of things. Uh, it's, and I think it must be subconscious where there's something subconscious that's still trusting, and that's where that peace comes from. It might not even be conscious. It's, it could be on a subconscious level. There's some part that is still trusting, and that's where that peace is coming from. Because consciously, right. you're like, man, I, I should be freaking out right now. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's exactly where I was, too, because, you know, again, you, you don't have to go far at all to find bad news. It was constantly at my door. You know, the statistics and the, the, the state of the job market was constantly in front of me, you, whether I was we're looking for it or not. I was constantly being reminded, oh, you know, this major company is now closing down. That's another 200,000 people who will be looking for work. 
Oh, mm-hmm. the unemployment numbers are in the double digits. So, I mean, it was just constantly there. And so, you know, like you said, on the outside, you do, because, you know, all this external turmoil going on, you mm-hmm. do want to say, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? I just bought my home. You know, I don't want to lose my home. I don't want to, you know, be unemployed for long. You know, I have so much to offer. But internally, I was at peace because, I, would, like I said, I would keep quoting God's scriptures. I would sing songs to myself, telling myself that God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He's going to work this out for me. You know, I was constantly, you know, pulling things from without in my spirit and putting it out there in front of me to combat all this bad news that was constantly making its way to me. And God saw me through that. Wow. And then there are so many people that can share uh, their, their testimony and years and years I think years of trusting like anything else the more you do it the stronger that muscle gets years of having faith and going through one experience after the next I think that is so important because you don't know what the future holds and then some major event comes up and you just got to somehow make it through it so you can you you've got a strong faith muscle and it can go to work in a bad a seemingly bad situation. Can you tell us you told us about when you were laid off and it, it was 6 months. You didn't tell us, you know, in in 2 days, boom, here comes a job, but it's 6 months and you right. just bought a house. That's right. Now can you t- can you tell us about some of the situations events that you cover and inspired to move forward that, that either happened to other people, people from the past, or yourself. Without giving the whole book away, just touching on somebody that might be looking for a job now, they could definitely relate to what you just shared. I mean, deeply. But what are some maybe one or two other experiences you cover in the book? Right, yeah. And the chapter is all working together for your good, the good, the bad, and ugly. And kind of like what you just said, you you know, it's those ugly valley periods that we go through that help to build those our muscles. It is not, you know, always tiptoeing through the tulips. Not everything is always going our way. We don't gain any strength through that. We gain strength when we're going through opposition and disappointment. And in that particular chapter, I talk about um, Joseph, who was um, – uh, Israel's favorite son and how his brothers hated him. And he went through a series of events in his life. And when you look back, because a lot of times we don't realize that the setback was actually a blessing until we mm. get through it and then we look back and say, you know, had I not gone through this situation, this would have never happened. And that's exactly what he does because if we look at his life, you know, his brothers hated him because he was his father's favorite child, and they decided, you know, that they were going, one, they were, they had first talked about killing him, but then they said, well, we won't kill him because he is our brother, but we'll go ahead and sell him into slavery. And so he was sold into slavery not once but twice. And then when he was sold into slavery and he was, you know, working in Potiphar's house, you know, Mrs. Potiphar, the, the wife of the house, you know, she mm-hmm. pretty much sexually harassed him, yeah. you know, while he should mm-hmm. work and do his job. And then when he refuses her, she then lies on him and tells her husband, well, Joseph tried to have his way with me when you weren't home. Mm-hmm. And so now Potiphar is mad. He throws him in jail. And, you know, the Bible yeah. clearly tells us that while um, 
Joseph was in Potiphar's house working, that God was with him. And then when he goes to jail, the Bible again tells us that God was with him. And we always think, you know, God has forsaken us, but when we're in a tight spot, but clearly it was saying while he was in jail, not while he was living the highly favored and blessed life, but while he was in jail, God was with him. And mm-hmm. so then, you know, he's in jail and he's talking to the butcher and the baker and he's interpreting their dreams and then the baker gets out or rather the butler gets out of jail and he pretty much tells him, you know, when you get back in good graces with Pharaoh, please don't forget me. And that's exactly what he did. He forgot about him for another two years. So he's still sitting in jail for a crime he didn't commit for two full years before Pharaoh now has a dream and the butler says, oh, I remember there's a guy that was in jail with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, well, bring him here. And so you know, Joseph definitely goes from the pit to the palace. You know, he, he goes mm-hmm. into jail, he's sold into slavery, all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, he's able to interpret the dream, and he, then he becomes the number two man in Egypt. So now he's the governor of Egypt. And that, you know, what he even told his brothers when his brothers, you know, family saw him again, and they were terribly sorry for what they you know, he said, well, what you meant for evil, God turns around for good because now and there's a famine going on. And because I'm here I, and I have, the, you know, the authority over the food and the water and all the supplies, you guys can continue to live <laughs> because you would have been dead had I not been here because you all would have died of a famine. But he sent me here to help preserve the 12 tribes of Israel and all these other people. But it was through all those series of events. You know, he never would have even stood before Pharaoh and interpreted his dream and got promoted to being the governor had he not ran into the butler and he wouldn't have ran into the butler had he not gone to jail and he wouldn't have gone to jail had Todd Mrs. Potiphar's wife not falsely accused him and lied on him and tried to sexually harass him at work and he would have never even been in their house as their slave had he not been sold into slavery and he never would have been sold into slavery had his brothers not hated him. Mm-hmm. And 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 but really, you know, a lot of times when we look at uh, and what you're saying is is so you know on point when we when we look at our lives or other people's lives, generally it's not really even to promote us. A lot of times we talk about getting promoted and highly favored. Personally, I don't believe in that because I don't think God has a favorite child. But uh, to, like getting promoted or whatever, it's not even for that. He was there to to, to do a work. And to help them during the famine, to me, it wasn't for him to get lifted up or promoted right. at all. You, you, That's we right. there to do. We, we like to think, oh, I got highly favored or promoted or lifted up. That's ego to me. It, you're there to do a work, whether right. people see you or not see you. Nobody may never see you. No, you may never make the news. You may never get be the at the top of somebody at the vice president or whatever. But you still got to do that work. And even, right. Like That's like right. Dr. King. Look how hard he worked. He didn't really even become. Uh, well, people looked up to him after he was gone from this earth, and which was, happens to most people. They don't even really acknowledge what you did fully until you're no longer here. So while you're here, you're working, 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 working. And that's that's exactly, you know, a lot of times we get too caught up in that ego base. I want to be promoted. I want to be seen. I want to be on the front of. Just do the work. That's right. And, you know, I always say that we're blessed to be a blessing to someone else. You know, your promotion is 
to help somebody else. You know, your breakthrough, your victory is to inspire or to help somebody else. And truly, that is why God promoted him so that he could, you know, ration out the food and make sure that these people, these these Israelites would be fed and they wouldn't die from the famine that had hit the land at that point. So he was definitely blessed so that he could be a blessing to a whole lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And he probably didn't even see it the way we do, like a promotion. Mm-hmm. He probably is thinking, man, I had to do that work at some of the toughest times in that whole region. That's the truth. That's the truth. That know, was a huge job. That was an yeah. incredible undertaking. And probably painful to watch those people being starving coming to him. It probably wasn't easy either. You know, I think about Harriet Tubman, even as I say that, what she did, hard work. I'm talking gut-wrenching. And But you got to do it. You got to do it. Can you tell us the process that you followed as you wrote Inspired to Move Forward? And I'm thinking more from an author, writer, creative person process so that you made sure with all the other things going on in your life that you not only started, but you finished the book. Yeah, that's a good question because it, I did have a lot of um, other distractions and things that were going on, um, and I knew that I had to get it done. It has to get done. And that's I probably have gone through that through my other books as well. But, you know, fortunately for me, I had already been writing for that uh, online faith-based Bible, I mean, that Bible, sorry, the online magazine for a while. So I already had the material. I just had to then, of course, get focused, put it in some sort of order, add some stuff to it, you know, kind of tweak it to make it what I wanted the book to say, and then get it, um, you know, published, get it into a book format so that it looked like a book and it was a book. So it took me probably, I would say, at the end of last year, the end of 2012, right around the holiday period, you know, I had made up my conscious effort. I, conscious, I made the decision that it's got to get done um, in the spring of 2013. And so I kind of put myself on a timeline. I started editing the book, and then I had submitted it to um, this company that I like to use that helps to put it together as a book. And, you know, thank goodness they kind of stayed on me as well, you know, checking in with me. Okay, how are we doing with the book? I'm like, well, it's done. I just need to tweak it a little bit more. So I had set a goal, and goals are very important. So I set a goal that it would be done by the first quarter of 2013, and that's exactly Mm. what happened. And so, you know, actually I'm off and running on the next project, which I've been saying will be out um, the summer or maybe early fall of this year. So we're going to have to make that one happen, too. <laughs> Can you give give our off-the-shelf listeners, I like to share tips and advice and think about people and things I've heard uh, other writers or would-be writers say. Some people really have a burning passion. It's hard to explain. I mean, if you think about something you wanted to do more than anything else, they have a burning passion to write a book. could be inspirational. could be a, just a, a novel, not just a novel, but a, a novel, et cetera, a group of short stories, poems, songs, whatever. But they just can't get started. For me, that's hard to understand, but how many people have I come across? They just can't get started. They want to do it, but something that keeps stopping them. What advice would you share with them, uh, Alicia, and have you ever experienced that? Oh, yeah, of course. I've I've experienced that a lot um, because, you know, the 
the content had been written for a little while, and it's like, you know, time was going by, and again, I had a lot of things on my plate, but it was like, I definitely want this book done by the first quarter of 2013. I think that what they need, if they don't have the content written already, then they should definitely start journaling, whether it's in a physical journal or a notebook or they keep some sort of online blog or something online, they should just start journaling um, and start just start writing. And I think a lot of people need to kind of rethink the way books are done these days because, you know, years ago you would hear, you know, people would have to shop their manuscript with these publishers and then they'd have to go through a gazillion rejection letters because the publisher wouldn't take a chance on them. And those days are I mean, pretty much those days are gone. If you want to do a book, you can do it. Everyone is empowered to do a, be an author and to do a book, whether it's an e-book or you self-publish your book or whatever. And you determine before you even write the book what the success looks like to you. You know, not everybody's going to be a best-selling author. You mm-hmm. might just want to write, you know, a book and make maybe 25 copies for your closest friends and family or mm-hmm. people that you know could really benefit from what you have to say. And mm-hmm. if you can get that done, get that book into their hands, you know, it helps them. That is a success. You know, and I actually had a publisher tell me that I was at um, a Christian blogging uh, conference last fall and she was a publisher for one of these uh, major publishing houses, and I had said to her, I said, you know, I, I keep hearing the, the pros and cons of having a traditional publishing deal versus, you know, being self-published, and I am self-published, and I enjoy that, and I'm even trying to figure out, it, do I even want to go the traditional publishing route? And what she said to me was, she said, well, who is your audience for your previous books? And, you know, who's been buying, you're coming back to buy, like, your second and your third and your fourth book. And Mm -hmm. so I told her, I said, I do have an audience. I do seem to have a following of people who have read all of my books. And, you know, I'm incredibly inspired when they tell me that it has helped them, you know, because then I know that I'm doing what what God has called me to do. And so she said, Mm -hmm. well, then that is your success right there. If Ah. people People are yes. being helped. Wow. Yes, yeah, that is your success right there. Wow. And I yeah. you, that was, that was it, was, it was such a revelation for me. And it made and me free, feel probably. Like, yeah, I felt like I was on cloud nine when she said yeah. that. Because, you know, it's like the light bulb came on to say, yeah. you're doing what you, you know, what you should yes. be doing. You know, you're, you're there, <laughs> you know. So wow. it was amazing. So you can just you can determine what your own success looks like, you know. And so what if you never sell a million copies? But if right. you have said, "I want to publish this book," you know, maybe it's a book about overcoming alcoholism or something, and I want to get it into the hands of five people that I know are struggling with this alcohol mm. addiction. And if those, if one person tells you it has helped them, it got, you know, it changed their life, it, you know, wow. that, that's a success right there. Oh, I mean, that's yes. what you know about all day long. <laughs> that's a tremendous success. Yeah, you absolutely. If, if your book helped one person to stop t- t- taking drugs or alcohol, oh, that's a huge, that's beyond that's book, huge. Sales, book sales that's success. It. 
That said, what have readers been saying to you, Alicia, about Inspired to move forward? You know, I had I was on a call last Saturday, and um, the the interviewer there was an interviewer on the call, and there was another guest on the call, mm-hmm. and. The interviewer was telling me, she was saying how my books are therapeutic and mm. how she loves inspired to move forward. She said, you know, you have to have this book in your library. She said, I've read Alicia's books. I've got inspired to move forward. I love inspired to move forward. You know, she talked about the chapter that I wrote on the hope that does not disappoint and how it has helped her and inspired her. And the woman on the line, and I was given, you know, and so she said, tell us a little bit more about the hope that does not disappoint. And I talked about how, you know, we put our hope and our trust and our faith in all these external things, whether it's another person or it's the job or it's the career or the house or the the bank account or whatever. And when Mm -hmm. those things either fold or go away or they disappoint you or they walk out, how a lot of people are devastated. But God never told us to put our faith in external things. He always told us to put our faith in him and his word. And the woman that was on the line, that was a guest, she said, you have hit it on the nail for me. She said, I had worked at a particular job. She was there for over 10 years, and mm-hmm. you know, she worked there. Well, you know, she was looking forward to retiring from there, and they mm-hmm. had laid her off. And she said, when that happened to me, I was devastated because uh, I had put energy into it. Wow. And said, right. And then she said, and God told her the same amount of faith and energy you put into that job, because there is no more job, you're going to now have to put that in me. And she said she had done that, and she had gotten a scholarship to go back to school, and then she would get checks for, do, um, you know, having good grades and all kinds of things, how God was just supernaturally providing for her because now her faith was in the right place. Her hope was now in the right place. So that okay. was amazing. It was amazing. And I had another person tell me that they had been going through some things for, you know, for a while, and she said, I read a chapter of Inspired to Move Forward every night before I go to bed. And she said, this is one paragraph that you talk about, and it's a chapter called um, Bad News, No Problem. She said, I read that chapter, that paragraph, she said, I read it over and over again. And wow. it is truly helping me to get through this hard period. So wow. it's like that. It's just priceless to me. It is yes. priceless. And thank you for what you're doing. Now, what are some of the other chapter titles in the book before we talk about with style and amazing grace what are some of the title can you give us some of the titles some other things that and are are there any um what they call them um work not worksheets or exercises for the reader to do in the book there is there is now what i have done with this book in the very back of the book i put a section called where to find it in the bible and because a lot of times you know we're going through something and we might not even pick up the bible or we don't know where to begin or what chapter or verse to flip to for a particular problem i've kind of um help, i'm trying to help people with that so i have it broken down to um you know if you have sickness in your body confess these scriptures as often as necessary. And I list about 12 scriptures that specifically talk about healing. If you need comfort and strength, you know, here are some scriptures for you. If you're in need of a material blessing, here are some scriptures for you. So I give people some some direct guide points as to if this is what you're going through, here's where you need to go. 
And, of course, I've included some note pages because I always believe in being able to take notes, you know, especially if something is helping me out. I like to write it down and, and, and refer back to it over and over again. So some of the um, chapters I have is um, Encourage Yourself, Bad News, No Problem, God has already spoken, just say amen. I remember now, and, you know, actually I have a book reading this afternoon. I've got about 25 guests coming to my house. And that's one of the chapters that I'm going to talk and I'm going to read from is I remember now. And that pretty much talks about, you know, when we get through one trial, we just have, and, you know, when we're faced with some new problems, we just have to remember that if God delivered us before, if he's healed us before, if he made a way before, then surely he'll do it again. So that's going to be one of the things that I talk about. Um, I also have a chapter in here called Move Forward, and the hope it does not disappoint, disappoint. And where is God? Because a lot of times, you know, again, when people are going through something, they, seem, they might have been going through it for a while, you start to wonder, where on earth is God? You know, when is he going to come through? When is he going to turn this thing around? And I, I love that one because that was the last um, chapter that I had written for the book. And I, I used definitely um, the story of Job, but I also break it down into modern-day language where people are going through stuff and, you know, it seems like you're trying to, you know, you're looking under every rock trying to get an answer from God. You right. know, you text messages. He won't hit you back on Twitter. You know, he won't answer your Facebook message. You know, he is he just goes quiet. Nowhere to, to be found. Nowhere to be found. And we just have to realize that when God gets quiet, that's when he's working. And he's always working things out for our good. It might not seem like it, but everything, our steps and our stops are ordered by God. And just like, you know, what seems to be a setback, you know, a child born with autism or a job layoff, that could be the very thing that's going to propel you into your destiny. Maybe you have lost your job, but maybe God wants you to do something else. Maybe you're gifted in in some other arena and you haven't been using that gift. Now he needs to shift you to get you to where he wants you to be so you can function in your ministry or your gift with how he has gifted you. Or maybe he wants you to start a business to provide a, a, a service that is desperately needed that you only maybe you have the knowledge of. So mm-hmm. the things that seem like it's going to take us out, it's always those types of things that God can use to help propel us into our destiny. Now, now. And your book sounds so beneficial and empowering, I guess is the word, freeing and empowering. Now, I wanted to ask you, do you talk about change? Because a lot of times we, we in, in the pursuit of happiness, uh, the guy who wrote the book, I read the book. The book is, is amazing. The, it, the movie was great. That book is awesome. What he went through as a kid, how he survived and thrived is beyond thought. He said, he said, if you're waiting for the Calvary to come, they, they're not coming. You're going to have to get out there and take action and do certain things. Like you're saying, you, you have to exercise your faith. But some of us don't want to change. We get stuck even in a bad spot, a bad relationship, a bad job. How many people complain about their job every day, but they never leave? They never leave. Right. They're in a bad relationship. They know it's awful, and it's only getting worse. But they won't leave. Do you discuss change? Do you say at some point, you know what? If the Lord tells you you got to move, you got to move. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, I, we do talk about that, and we also talk about, um, you know, the book on the front cover, there are mountains. There are these huge mountains. And on the back, I'd say that, um, let's see, Jesus said that whosoever will say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt mm-hmm. his heart, what he says. And it's our job to speak to the mountain and to believe, and it's job, God's job to remove the mountain. So, what I'm saying here is you going to have to get around this mountain. You know, you're going to have to come out of this valley, and it is going to require that you do something. So Jesus said, I need you to speak to the mountain because, again, those words are so powerful, and I'm going to need you to believe, and then I'll do the rest. I'll move. I'll remove the mountain. So we need to, to speak what God said, and we need to act on it because, like you said earlier, faith without works is dead. You're going to have to do something. If you know that this is a bad situation for you to be in, and, you know, you you know, like you say, people always complaining about their job. You could either stop complaining about it and start saying, "Well, thank God I have a job," because a lot right. of people don't. Right. Or you can go ahead and leave. You can go pursue another career somewhere else. So we talk, we definitely talk about you know that you're going to have what you say, and that if you want to do something, you're going to have to exercise your faith. You're going to have to start speaking the right kinds of words because you are going to have what you say. And so, you know, if you're going to complain about something, either change your words or remove yourself. You know, find, get up and move forward. <laughs> and we yeah, talk yeah. about that. Too, yeah, and about try to move forward. forward. Or, or, or if rather than just quitting your job, you can get in process and start looking for another job. Then when you land one, you can just turn in that sweet resignation letter. So, but... You, I think a lot of us, and sometimes people of faith or people who say they're very spiritual, I, I think believe we all are, spirit created us, but we keep we wait for something. We almost wait for a magician to just do it. And we have to, there are things we have to do. And if the, if the, if the Lord says leave this relationship, like he told Abraham, go to a whole other city. Some of us wouldn't do that. We, we, we stay right where we at, and we keep praying and thinking we're having faith, but we obviously haven't because we didn't leave the town, and we're expecting God just to miraculously do it, but we're not following the orders. And so some of us don't want, some of us don't want to change, and we we'll, 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 we'll shout, we'll, we'll praise God, we'll listen to gospel, but when God says do something that we're afraid of, we won't do it. But we still want the miracle, and it's the, right. it don't work like that. It doesn't right. work like that. That's it doesn't right. work like that. So I, I, I just want to. Yeah, I was just, like, yeah, we because we do have a chapter on that called called move forward. You know, when it seems like it's impossible to move forward, you're gonna have to still you're gonna have to put some action to your faith. You know, again, faith without works is dead. You got to do something. You can't say I'm believing God for a new job, but you're not sending out resumes. You're not connecting with people or asking are there any openings or applying for jobs, it's not just going to happen. Like you said, it's not just going to magically appear. You're going to have to put some muscle, some legwork behind it. So, yeah, we got we, there's an effort to be put forward. And I say that because and I, other people who work in, in, the, in fields where they are, or help, help other people and guide them and try to coach them, they and they'll tell you clearly. There's not a good coach, a good nothing that won't tell you. You're the one that's got to do the work. Is in you've got it. You've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. The good Lord gave it to us to get 
to get the good you want. You've got to do the work. If you think somebody is going to magically appear, it's not. One of my brothers is a minister, and he said, you don't know how many people pray for a job, ask God for a job, but don't submit an application. They just they want God to just have it magically appear. And so I think right. it's important to stress that and for people to stress that. You get to stress it. You got to do something. Can you give our listeners here with? Uh, we've got about eight minutes left, but can you give us an overview of another one of your books with style and amazing grace? Sure. That book was actually the first book that I had written, um, and again, that was one of the ones where I knew I wanted to write a book. And a lot of people, that's um, when I was in the network marketing company, so I, a lot of people were always asking me for advice on a lot of different things, not just business, but just kind of like you know a wholesome lifestyle. And, you know, I knew that I wanted to, you know, pin down some things and put it in a book. And, you know, I was just busy and just seemed like I couldn't get it done. And so one day when I was at the hair salon um, sitting under the dryer, I just pulled a napkin out of my purse along with a pen, and I just wrote out the table of contents. And then from there I came back and I filled in the contents, um, the, the table of contents with the, the with the content. So it's like I knew I needed to do something. So I'm like, I'm sitting under this dryer for about an hour. I might as well use my time wisely. So then I just started to pin down what the table of contents would look like and then went back and filled in the content. So in that book, we talk about being beautiful from the inside out and that um, beauty starts from within. We base that on the First um, Peter 3, 3 and 4, about don't be so concerned about the outward appearance, you know, the wearing mm-hmm. of gold and the braiding of the hair, but rather, you know, beauty is in the inner man. God yes. And so we talk about being beautiful from the inside out, but I also talk about, you know, the outside appearance. So I kind of like to say that that book is almost like a sandwich because we talk about, you know, getting the, the inside beautiful. Like, what is your thought life like? What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? Like, are you always complaining? Or can you find something good to say? You know, what 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 are you thinking about? You know, the Bible says whatsoever thing is a lovely and of a good report. Think on oh, these things. I don't know, oh. not, yeah, not always thinking that the worst of everything oh, or the worst goodness. of everybody. Right, and so then we also even talk about, like, the outer beauty, you know, like, you know, what colors are good for what um, people, various people of different um, skin palettes and complexions and stuff like that. So it's kind of like an image consultant book almost, but starting with the inside, getting that, in, that inner person beautiful first, and then we can work on the outside because we know a lot of good-looking people on the outside, but, you know, when you spend some time around them and all they do is complain, all they do is fuss, all they do is worry, all they do is, you know, bring other people down, you hate to even go around them because you know mm. you're going to feel bad just in their presence, you know, and then that outer beauty starts to wane. You know, they're not so good-looking after all. And then we know a lot of people who society would not necessarily say this is a good-looking man or this is a pretty woman, but when you get in their presence, you like to be around them because mm. they always have a word of encouragement. You know, oh. they always see the glass half full as opposed to half empty, you know. Mm-hmm. And that person becomes even better looking, you know, on the outside because their inner person is just so, you know, intact. It's so beautiful. So, right. you know, beauty really is an inside job. And then it's seen on the outside. Wow. You know, this inter- this interview has gone 
I can't. I, I've not even asked you half the questions I wanted to ask you, and we're down to just five minutes. It has just blown by. It's just whoosh. Like a wind. It has gone so incredibly quickly. I have to ask you this. You said you mm-hmm. you, you won the award thirty six months leading team leading sales in DC, mm-hmm. and kudos again on that. I'm, I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking. Wow! If in the how do you merge or marry that marketing? You have must have a keen marketing sense and skill with listening to you talk about faith and 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 and, and how speaking the word and there's, it, how do you marry both uh, those sides of yourself? You that's an excellent question. Nobody's ever asked me that, but it's a great question. <laughs> and I think because I look at. Both of those is just plain and simply being my lifestyle. It is just who I am. You know, it's not something I make up. It's who I am. You know, these are God has gifted us, all of us, in various areas, and he expects us to expound on those gifts, to grow them, to mature them, to move those gifts to the next level so that they're expanded. And, I, you know, I would have to say I guess I've been obedient. That's what I've done. You know, he's given me these, you know, innate gifts, if you will, or, or marketing and, and faith and encouraging people. And, you know, of course, I've had to go through my own setbacks and disappointments so that I could build those muscles like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And then I have used those setbacks to build those muscles and to use those testimonies to help encourage and inspire other people. And so I to me, it's just a lifestyle. It is who I am, you know, and, and I, look, I always look for ways to um, – build on my oh, the skills I already have. So whether it's, you know, if I'm going through a bad spot, I'm like, okay, I just know God's going to do something with this. I know I'm going to come out for the better after this is over with. Wow. Can you share three marketing tips? This comes from a marketing pro for our off-the-shelf listeners. Can you share three tips with our listeners who are trying to find ways to sell more books, more business products, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, for one, I think you have to be very, very cognizant of your brand, and that includes your online presence. So whenever you go to any of my online you know, profiles, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or my website, there should be some consistency there. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times people they separate, you know, well, this is the business side of me, this is the personal side. But I think if you're an entrepreneur, um, I think that you have to, It is they both almost need to be one and the same. The message needs to be consistent. So I shouldn't be telling you about all this good faith stuff, and then you can go to my Twitter profile and you see me cursing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So there needs <laughs> to be a consistency in your brain. Right. If you're a business person or you want to be a business person, then you are the brand. You are the Coca-Cola. You are the Starbucks. You know, you are the brand. So take care of your brand, and it should be consistent. Uh, I would also say to build your online um, portfolio and your online presence with the social media and pick ones that you really like because, you know, I'm on a lot of different platforms, but the ones that I really like, I spend more time on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe learn how to even merge the two. Like if you are if you love Twitter, maybe, you know, see how your Twitter 
um, your tweets can also be um, show up on your Facebook page or your LinkedIn page or your website, so right. that it's like you're consistently talking. You're active. You know, you're you're alive. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so. That would be my second tip. And then the third tip is definitely to believe in your product because if you don't believe in your product, if you yes. won't buy your own book, then nobody else will. And you have to share the benefit. What is the benefit? Because there's so many products and everybody has something to sell. What is it about your product that would make the person want to purchase it or, or listen to you? So you have to, I mean, you have to, your product needs to, have your full attention needs to have your full belief that this is what people need, and 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 if I wasn't me, I would be buying my books, you know. So right. you have to believe in your products because if you don't, no one else else will. Wow, Alicia! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness, you guys, Alicia Proctor. Remember that name, Alicia Proctor. She's online again at a l e y s h a p r o c t o r dot com. What an amazing, amazing woman, speaker, marketer, businesswoman. I have so thoroughly enjoyed today's show. And I, and I want to thank uh, our, each of our off-the-shelf listeners again for being here with us. This show went by like a blur. So I, I, it will be, it will be uh, you'll be able to download it, to listen to it in the future. It will stay up here for as long as we're here at Blog Talk Radio. So you can tell your friends and your family to come on over and listen to Alicia Proctor as she we, we, we focus mainly on Inspired to Move Forward, as I told our listeners that we would. So please come in and listen to her interview and support her. Go out and, and, and purchase one of her books. And check out online again, Alicia Proctor, and I'll spell her name again, A-L-E-Y-S-H-A-P-R-O-C-T-O-R. Enjoy your your book gathering with your 25 friends today, uh, this afternoon, Alicia. And to our listeners, remember, you are incredibly amazing. You're awesome. You are awesome. You are excellent. You are absolutely excellent. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself See you back here next Saturday at 11 o'clock, and please bring a friend. Take care, Alicia, and bye for now. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.